Coming up on today's episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. How are you planning on paying for your kid's college? The answer to that question may be easier than you think. Today, we're sharing our best episode yet. We're going to discuss how money pants can help you and your children save thousands of dollars by avoiding the college debt trap. With college costs skyrocketing and debt going through the roof, we're going to share eight ways money pants can help. The fact is, there are a lot of options that are a lot better than going into massive debt, and we're going to talk about them. Plus, we'll share a cool scholarship technique that we use with our own kids. All this and more, but first, the joke of the day. A young man wants to propose marriage to his girlfriend. Naturally, he's very nervous and can't think of how to pop the question. One day, they're sitting on the couch, and suddenly he just blurts out, I think we should get married. Wait, his girlfriend says, taken aback, are you serious? I think I am, he responds. You're proposing to me here on the couch, she asks. Yes, I guess I am, he says. That's not much of a proposal, the girlfriend says. I think you can do better. I thought so too, the young man says. But your sister already said no. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. We are your hosts, Hannah and Fontaine Judd, and we're the proud parents of eight sons and seven daughters, ranging in age from newborn to college student. We're both BYU graduates and the creators of Money Pants. Head on over to CaptainMoneyPants.com to learn more about what we do and what we're all about. We believe every person on this planet has been given at least one superpower to help them accomplish their unique mission in life, but... The only way to unlock those superpowers is through work ethic. That's when greatness happens. And that's where Money Pants comes in. Money Pants is the complete tool set for cultivating work ethic in all aspects of a person's life. And today's topic, well, we're kind of continuing the topic of helping out your teens, but this is more along the lines of avoiding uh, avoiding problems when you, you send your kids off to college, particularly Avoiding the College Debt Trap. Hannah, you read an article not that long ago. What what was this all about? All right. Well, it was an article in the Wall Street Journal, and it was about white-collar debt and how it is has skyrocketed in the last 10 to 15 years. It, it had gone up like 30-something percent. And so they were looking at debt that did not include a home mortgage, debt besides your your house payments. So I was like, gosh, why has it gone up so much? Because there was the big three in there. First, you had your credit card debt, and then you had car loans. and But the one that had skyrocketed, the one that was pushing the numbers up, was debt for college. And it just like student it just loans? shot up. Yeah, the the debt for college. It, okay. it just in the last fifteen years it went nuts. And people with white collar jobs have this tremendous amount of of debt. Like it was not just doctors. You're talking like I, just, across the board. Yeah, just because doctors are known for having you know a lot you of would debt because they go to medical they school. Were doctors, yeah. but but no. And so it was. Uh, I, I think if I remember right, it was like people making 100000 a year had about 90-something thousand dollars on average of this debt that wasn't for their house. Wow. And, and, but most of it was paying for college. Wow. And this is new. People didn't used to accumulate that much debt for college. This was a new thing. 
So college debt, that's, that will severely impact your future. That's not, well, no, that's no, no. not wasn't, a okay. little... Well, wasn't, the, wasn't the article also saying that because of the amount of debt, it actually reduced the number of choices the people had because they're coming out of debt with, or coming out of college with so much debt, they couldn't actually take an entry-level that was, job? That was actually a different oh, article. okay. And it was about these students that were in so much debt. Like, let's say they wanted to work for a high-end, like, finance company or, mm-hmm. or you know... it. Goldman Sachs, or they wanted to work for, I, I don't know, they, their dream job, right? Mm-hmm. And their dream job was offering internships. And internships are your way of getting your foot in the door in nicer companies. In your dream job, yeah. Yeah, but because they had so much debt, they weren't able to accept an internship or even uh, uh, like work for free or work at a low rate. They had to keep whatever other job they had and they weren't actually able to step up into the higher end jobs because they were in so much debt. It actually they, limited what their they, opportunities. It actually limited their future income because they couldn't quit their current job. Wow. Okay, so those were two separate articles. Those were two separate articles. So I thought you they put were the, the in my mind they were them, the same. Yeah, you put the two of them together and it's just you know, it just puts you really behind. A lot of people have been like, "Oh gosh, you know, what are we even doing? You know, let's go to a junior college or let's do trade school." I, I heard one man on Facebook the other day saying, "I don't know what the big deal is about going, you know, this pressure to go to college." He goes, trade school is incredible. It costs a fraction, it a fraction of the money, a fraction of the time. And you step out of there a lot of times making a just as high or higher of an income well, without like the massive debt. And, and so, you know, realizing that, and he was lamenting that he had gone because he had graduated from college, was having trouble finding a job, ended up going to trade school and was like, why didn't I do this first, you know? Mm. And so that was his perspective. Well, that reminds me of the technician who we had through our home warranty who came out to fix our air conditioning last summer. And I struck up a conversation with him. I was just curious. I'm like, how long have you been doing this? And what's it like? And because I'm trying to figure out, you know, how to kind of encourage my children in their different aspects and of their lives and maybe future careers and stuff. And, and he turned to me and he's like, you know, I... I've been doing this for 25 years. He said, I've never had a recession. I've never had a depression. I have had steady work for 25 years. And I went, wait, it, well, you went to school for this? He's like, well, of course I went to school for it, but I just went to trade school. And I've made good money my entire life. And I'm like, do you enjoy it? And he's like, yeah, I do. I really do. And it was interesting to me that his comment that uh, it was an unsolicited co- unsolicited comment. Now this was granted. This was during the middle of the pandemic, and a lot of people were losing their jobs. And his comment to me was, "I've never had a recession in his mm. twenty five years of doing this." And he's like, "Because my services are always in need." And it was it was just kind of a wake up call where a lot of these people, at least to me, where a lot of these people they they want these they go to college to get a white collar job that isn't as secure as, like you said, Hannah, like a trade job, where this guy, he's like, everyone has air conditioning, and it always needs to be repaired, and there's always routine maintenance and all these things to do, so I've I've just always had a job. And he was very happy with it, and he made a good income and well, a good well, that's lifestyle. Well, like, um, our, our, one of our close friends was a brick mason, mm-hmm. and he was very good at it, and 
would get the jobs done fast and well and made a tremendous amount of money as a brick mason and then would invest his money. Yeah. And he has done very well for himself, has always lived in gorgeous homes and, mm-hmm. you know, was a good guy, good father, that sort of thing. So, was able you to know, provide well yeah. for his family. Yeah. yeah. So that's been in discussion about colleges. But you're like, you know, I actually do want my kids to go to college and get a white collar yeah, job. Maybe, maybe that's so, true. So, but, but even so, that's the discussion right now is you have so many kids going to these schools, going to white collar. Uh, hoping for a white collar job, but going to school and then realizing going into massive debt and then working at JCPenney or, you know, working. Or worse, not working at all. Or not working at yeah. all. And where they're very disappointed, where they're like, I thought I was going to, I was going into all this debt and I thought it was going to in turn into an income for me. But, but, and, I wanna, but going back to this whole idea, though, that not everybody's cut out to be a white collar or one of these corporate people. Like that's not for everybody. This, this HVAC technician that I was talking to that he had no desire to be in the corporate world. He loved working with his hands and working with air conditioning and being outdoors and, and all that. So he just enjoyed it. And it was, and I think I've even mentioned this in a previous podcast. That was his superpower was (laughs) his, his ability to tweak air conditioning. That was one of his superpowers. And it was very satisfying to him that he had fully developed that ability and he was able to make a living at it. And I think sometimes we like to put everybody in these little boxes of everybody should go to college or everybody should do this. And I actually disagree with that, where maybe you should go to college, but maybe not necessarily university. Maybe it should be a trade school or maybe, well, I guess we'll get to that in a minute, but everybody's different. And the key is to with your kids to kind of start paying attention and seeing which ones may or may not need to do the traditional route. I guess it's not traditional because it's all pretty new, but this this new trend, I should say, of everyone going and getting some sort of white-collar job, white-collar education. So Yeah. Well, with that said, though, I'm actually planning to send my kids to traditional college. Mm-hmm. And so looking at it, as a parent, I've heard a lot of people say, hey, uh, to me, because I have a large family, they said, I would never have more than one or two kids. And the reason why is, how are you going to pay for their college? And, 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 hey, well, that's a good point. How would I pay for that, for college, you know, with how much college costs and how many kids I have? How, how would anybody? How would I pay for that college? And I look at them and I'm like, you're assuming I'm going to pay for their college, and so. Well, no, okay. So, I, to, so to their point, though, let's say college is thirty thousand a year. That's what four year college, one hundred and twenty grand, and you have two kids. That's a quarter of a million bucks. Who can afford that? If you only have two kids and you're paying for their college, you're at a quarter million bucks. Let's say you make eighty thousand a year. How are you possibly going to afford that? Yeah, and you're thinking, gosh, well, and it would be irresponsible of you to have a big family and not pay for your children's college. Yeah, we'd be out millions. Uh, but here, I know, today we're going to talk about money pants and how that relates to this whole dilemma of how are you going to pay for your kids' college? How does money pants help your teens or young adults get through college and avoid this massive debt trap that mm. college has turned into? Right. And so uh, we're going to go through... Well, we have uh, like eight, eight suggestions, eight ideas on how to help, how money pants will help you and your teens avoid the debt trap that college can be. 
Yes. And step number one is first off, if you're a, a money pants parent, you don't pay for your kid's college education. You don't, you let them know ahead of time, I'm not paying for your college. Sacrilege. And, Hannah, and, and that sounds, how could you say yeah, such a now thing? that sounds really harsh. And that sounds like, well, that's your responsibility as the parent. No, it's not. And we're going to convince, try to convince you today that it's better that you don't do that. Well, I know what you're saying, Hannah. A lot of parents would be just shocked and horrified that you could even suggest yeah. such a thing. And you may feel that way listening to that. But let me present, let me present today uh, uh, some different ideas of why you don't want to do that, and also other ways that money pants will help you avoid going into massive debt or your kids going into massive debt over college. So here there, here are the eight suggestions. Number one, you don't pay for your kids' college. <laughs> That's number one. Number two, kids who are raised using money pants understand money, budgeting, and earning money and how difficult it is. Number three, scholarships. Number four, money pants kids, and especially money pants teens, want to know what things cost. And that'll play a big role in where they decide to go. Number five, money pants, teens, and kids are more in touch with their abilities and what they're interested in and have a better sense of reality. Number six, they're much more likely to get job placement outside of college because they're not scared to work. Number seven, they're more well-rounded, and we'll talk about that in a second. And number eight, they're going to be more successful if and when they do work during college. So let's just kind of break that down, Hannah. Number one, we've already said, you know, don't pay for your college. We're going to, we let our kids know that we're not paying for college. What does that do? Does that make our kids terrified and, and, and go hide and run under their covers and, and go, and go cry to, and say, well, what are you? that's horrible. No. What happens is they go, oh, well, I need to get more scholarships. I need to apply myself in school and mom and dad aren't going to be bailing me out. So I need to do my part. And it also helps them know ahead of time, hmm, if I have these future expenses, I need to start preparing now. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, they become very creative in their ways to either make money or, and I guess we'll talk about this in a second, or get scholarships. But it changes the mindset where yeah. it goes from an expectation to, a, hmm, I hope I can do that. I hope I can go to college. Well, I'm from a large family, and my parents let all of us know, hey, we're not paying for your college. Mm. And th this isn't like a theory of, hey, this is how it'll work out. This is how it works out. You let your kids know, hey, we're, we, you're going to have to pay for your own college. And if you let them know ahead of time, it, it, that's better. Right. Um, don't, don't let them know when they turn 18, hey, happy birthday, paying for your own way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That Wrong would, time. That wouldn't be very, very great. But let them know, you know, when they're in junior high, ideally, you know, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. Ninth grade, even. When grades start to matter. When grades start to matter and academic performance really starts to matter, you need to let them know. And here's why. In my family, I knew that I had to pay for my own college. My siblings knew they had to pay for their own college. So we, like, worked really hard in school. Like, we really applied ourselves because we knew we either had to get an academic scholarship or a sports scholarship in order to go to college and so we really like applied ourselves and worked hard because when it comes down to it, getting good grades and doing well, it's 
it's a lot of hard work. I wasn't considered the smartest kid in my family, like naturally smart. I didn't have a particularly great memory. I it was I, I kind of was a little slow at learning things I, I, compared to my siblings. And but I figured out early on that I just had to work harder, like doing mm. my doing my homework and spending the time and budgeting the time to do my homework and and I could do it. And eventually you become the smartest kid at school if you keep doing that. Right. And even though you're like, I wasn't naturally the smartest kid here, but you become the smartest kid there if you if that consistent application and consistently trying. Along those lines though, when you went to college after working so hard to get the good grades and to get the scholarships, when you went to college, did you party? Oh, no. <laughs> no. No. But that's the but, thing is is the kids who have a tendency when mom and dad pay for college, those kids have a tendency to not appreciate it. Yeah. Where and those are the kids that go off to college and they party. And then all of a sudden the parents are freaking out. They're like, I've spent, you know, thirty thousand yeah. dollars to send you to this college and now you're just getting drunk every weekend or you're just partying or you're you're failing all that's, your courses. And that's a huge problem. How many how many people's kids have gone to school and they're partying, they get kicked out or they, they get actions, nothing yep. out of it. That's a big problem. Well, back to my family, I had a younger brother who he realized that the state my parents were living in at the time that if you got an ACT score of 30 or above, that was an automatic full ride scholarship to their state university. Wow. And so he took the ACT and got a 26. And you want to know what he did? Because my parents didn't go, oh, we'll help you. We'll pay for your college. They didn't say that. He went, okay, I got to do something. So he went and took an ACT course, bought it himself, worked on his- Several hundred bucks, right? Yeah. I'm not sure how much it costs, but he put out his own money and studied like crazy and brought his ACT score up to a 30. And got a full ride scholarship. So, so they and, become very clever. Yeah, now, when the when the the responsibility is theirs. So, so in my family, my dad was a doctor. So you'd think, oh, a doctor, he's going to pay for his kids' college. He had a large family, and even a doctor can't afford to pay for that many kids' college. You can't. And so you you know handing it over and saying, hey, no, you, you need to take the responsibility. I've provided you with all the opportunities of a great education, all the support that you need, but it's up to you to to take it from here. Anyway, so so that that works out well, and it's worked also for our our oldest yeah. so far. She's paying for her own and has college. really totally applied herself. Okay, so so along the lines of money pants, parents don't pay for the kids, college education. We talked about how they'll get more out of their schooling. They're not going to be goofing off and wasting their education mm-hmm. once they are in college because they're paying for it themselves. Yeah. So they're not going to waste the opportunity. It's They're not going to equate college time with party time. Right. Okay, and that's really important. And also, similarly to the situation with with the teens and the cars, where we found that if we were paying for part of our son's his insurance and his repairs, r- repairs and registration, it was causing a strain in our relationship because we're like, we're having to pay for this. You why know, what you are you? Why aren't you doing this? this? Yep. And 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 trying to control it. If you say, hey, I'm going to pay for your housing and I'm going to pay for this and I'm going to pay for that, 
you, there's going to be a little bit of a strain there in the same way in that you're going to be like feeling like their decisions you need to be in on right. the I mean, you decisions. Got, you got to check, make sure make. they're studying and how they're doing in their classes and all that. And you know what? I you don't need, worry about that at all. You need to divest yourself from that and go. You know what? It's it's now their responsibility, and it's and, it's so much better for the relationship. So when then they do come and say, "Hey, I'm having a problem," they're calling for advice and they want to know, "Mom, Dad, what do you what could you do? I'm not doing well in this class. Do you have any study tips?" Or, and you can be, you can be genuinely excited or or disappointed or whatever for them without having it be a strain on your relationship like, because uh, do you realize that I've gotten a second job and la da 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 to pay for you to go to school right. and you're not taking advantage of that or you're taking this silly class and mm-hmm. you don't have to there there's not that strain there there's not that control issue because anytime somebody's accepting money from someone else they lose a little bit of their freedom. Yep. And so if you have a teen or a young adult who wants to grow up and wants to make their own choices, give them the gift of letting them pay for their own things because it will give them the actual freedom that they want. That is right in line with the money pants philosophy, 100%. So that's number one. Yeah. Number one is don't pay for your kids' college education. Number two, the kids who are raised using money pants have a tendency to understand money and budgeting. You know, we talk about save, shop, and spend, and they understand how hard it is to earn money. They understand the economy of labor. They understand the value of money. Yes, and its connection to work. Because uh, if you've never had a job, you've never worked, you've never had to earn money, What's a thousand dollars? I I don't know how much well, no, how we, valuable that we is. We read these numbers in the paper too, and we I, see these numbers on the news, and we hear these numbers all the time, and they don't mean anything until you've earned that. Until you've had to earn that thousand dollars, you don't know if that's a lot of money or a little bit of money, or it. it you don't know how to place like yep. the value of it. Oh, I just, I, I, okay, I'm going to sign this loan paperwork for $30,000 or $40,000. Was that a lot? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, is that a lot? Is that a little? So so if you're doing money pants, your kids are going to be a little more in touch with with the value, the actual value of money. And they're going to be a lot less likely to take on, like you said, any massive sort of massive debt. debt. But also they're going to be a lot less likely to fall into the credit card trap that a lot of a lot of college students 18 year old 19 year old 20 year old kids right out of home they get inundated with these credit cards and we talked about that with our 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 certified financial planner oh boy help my money's running away a long time ago where mm-hmm. she she thought that it was predatory lending and that was that was her thing she's like you know these credit card companies targeting these 18 19 20 year old college kids Right out of home, you know, that that's predatory lending because those kids don't know it better. But money pants kids do. They understand they're not going to take on massive debt. They're gonna, they're more likely, not guaranteed, but much more likely to avoid the credit card trap. And like you said, Hannah, they they have a basic basic financial literacy. I guess would be the, the best way to put it. Yeah, and 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 also, you know, if you've had your kids like you've maybe had your kids complete like Dave Ramsey's mm-hmm. class for the teens, teenage, yeah, teenage yeah thing. Uh, that's uh, to teach teens about money. Maybe you set something up through Money Pants of hey, if you complete this course, you know, yada yada yada. But just have them kids. 
using money pants are just more prepared and 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 not as easily duped by these sort of things. Well, also though, along those lines, I'm going back to the directed spending concept, where when mom and dad are spending, uh, when mom and dad are buying something for the kid, and it's a twenty-five dollar pair of shoes, and you say, "Hey, do you, Sally, do you like these shoes?" And Sally's like, "Oh yeah, you can buy them for me. I like them." But when Sally's the one buying them, she's gonna go, "Hmm, twenty-five bucks, huh?" Yeah, I, I like them, but I don't like them that much. And I know I can get them somewhere else for half that cost or a quarter of that cost. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the financial decisions when they're back, when the onus is on the kid, then they make much wiser financial decisions. So Absolutely. And they'll think twice about making purchases, especially when it comes to something as huge as, as college. All right, so that's number two, that money pants kids understand how to save, shop, and spend. They understand the value of money. Number three, scholarships. So instead of supporting your kids by paying for their education, we suggest you can use money pants to motivate your kids to apply for scholarships, which is a much better use of your time, their time, and everybody's money. Because, yeah. these, okay, these this people is, who set up... This is why you're listening to this podcast. If you get nothing else from this podcast, get this from the podcast. Use, instead of spending, what, 30000 50000 $100,000 paying for your child's college, instead, motivate them to apply for scholarships. Well, you have to understand, Hannah, people who create these scholarships do it for this very purpose, to help other people to get an education. Maybe this was somebody who they 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 got a good education, they were thrilled, and they saw the need for other people to get a similar education, so they set up this scholarship. And all your kid has to do is apply for it. There are so many scholarships available. There was a study, or I can't remember where I read it, but it was a lot of these scholarships go unclaimed. Because nobody even applies for them. Like there's, you know, all these tens and thousands of dollars of scholarship money that never gets used because nobody even applies for it. Yeah. And so actually this is what we've told our daughter. Well, I I first heard about this idea from the Wall Street Journal and it was an interview with three money guys. One of them was Dave Ramsey. It was in the Wall Street Journal years ago and it really stuck with me. Anyway, I believe it was Dave Ramsey in the interview who said that he had, during the summer before his daughter's was heading off to college, he had her apply for a scholarship every day. It was either every day or every week. I don't know what, one of the two. And by the time she went to college, she got her tuition paid for, her books paid for, her food paid for, her housing paid for, her computer paid for, and just everything and she had spending money yeah and i was like well that's brilliant because i i didn't do that when i was in high school i applied for the one scholarship at that my my school specifically offered i applied for it and that was it i got it i got my tuition paid for but there was still food and housing and books. And I had no idea you could get scholarships for all that. As a high school kid, I didn't even know you could do that, you know? And well, so... Okay, and now with the internet, it is easier than ever to yeah. find and apply for these scholarships. Yeah, so, so now the key is just motivate your kid to do it. And if they know that they're the ones paying for it, they're extra motivated. But then the, the little of actually doing it. So, so how do you do that? We told we just had this talk with with our daughter who's a senior in high. Well, in, no, we made it with our son too. 
um, last year, but this was right when the pandemic hit and everything kind of went wonky. Yeah, all the college campuses closed and everything. So he never actually, well, he availed himself to it for a couple, but it didn't quite work out. So we just reiterated the same plan with our daughter. And here it is. It's very easy for every scholarship that she applies for, we will pay her $25. And you're thinking, well, that's a lot of money. Well, the, 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 the only rule is that the scholarship has to be worth at least 500 bucks. But do the math. If she were to apply for 20 scholarships, that would cost me, the dad, $500. For her to apply for 25 scholarships, I pay her 25 bucks each, times 20, 500 bucks. If she gets one of those scholarships, I've already broken even. But in all likelihood, she's going to get more than one, and it's going to be a lot more than just 500 bucks. Yeah, so, most of the scholarships are more than $500. Well, no, so, they just applied for one the other day. It was like $30,000. Like, well, a, she she got. Uh, she's not sure she's going to go to this school, but she already got one for $108,000. Yep, yep. So it's like... So they're out there, and it's available, and a lot of them are simple, like, oh, write an essay or submit a submit uh, some work that you've done. She, she did an art competition thing that was a scholarship based like there there there's so many opportunities out there it's it's a little amazing and so we we just said hey you know what document when you apply for a scholarship take a screenshot of the the confirmation email or whatever it is and every time you do that it's worth 25 bucks and guess what She's really motivated because 25 bucks a pop, that's not too shabby. Well, she knows she's getting ready to go off to college. And so this opportunity to earn $25 and have that in her bank account to her right now, that means a lot where, okay, I, I want that $25. Even if she doesn't get the scholarship, right. she wants the she $25. Still wins. She still wins. So she is motivated because she, for a couple reasons, it's $25. She knows she's going to need the money really bad here coming up. And she knows it's for her to get a scholarship, which she knows she really needs because if she wants to go to scholarship to school, she either has to get a scholarship or she has to earn the money. Or go into debt. Or go into debt. So, And which one's the easiest? Hmm. Getting a scholarship. A scholarship yeah. And we're helping and supporting her in that. So th- it's is- a win-win situation. But here's the thing, though, is that this is this is how you leverage your money. I am going to end up spending, I don't know, five hundred thousand bucks, depending on how many scholarships she, you know, she really maybe she really busts a move and applies for, you know, a hundred scholarships. It's going to cost me twenty five hundred bucks. Um, how's that? Is that going to be cheaper or more expensive than me paying thirty thousand dollars for her for her education? Hmm. I want. Oh, yeah. It's going to be way cheaper. Yeah. So 25 bucks a scholarship. And you know what? Every family is different. Maybe it's only 10 bucks or maybe it's 50 bucks. Whatever it is that your kids need to motivate them to apply for a scholarship. And so far, we've had good success with this. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's anyway. So if you get nothing else from this podcast, go, okay. All right. I got those two things. So number, so that was number three. Have your kids apply for scholarships and pay them to do it. Number four, money pants teens want to know how much things cost. And I guess we kind of touched on that a minute ago when I was mentioning, you know, the the directed spending where when you take your kids shopping and you're the one paying it, they could care less what things cost. All they care about is if they like it, maybe, maybe not. Do they really want it? Eh, yeah, sure. But as soon as they're the ones paying for it, 
that price tag, it's like <laughs> they're looking at it with a microscope or magnifying glass going, hmm, okay, and, and, he, and what, what's, the, what's the fine print? Is it going to cost, oh, what's the tax, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, hmm, can I get a double deal? And like looking for sales, like all of a sudden, well, it changes the, the percep- perception of, of what things cost and, and how much they can afford. And yeah, so we just had this with our daughter, Trixie. She's been bugging us for the last month and a half. Mom and dad, I really want to know what the costs are. Like specifically, I want to know what the costs are for college. I want a list of it. I want to know. And so we looked up the colleges that she was considering going to. I was actually asleep on the couch, but I overheard my husband doing this. Well, we were waiting <laughs> until she had it. She's, she's, she's now been accepted, I think, for different colleges. And so we were able to kind of look and say, okay, of these four different colleges, what is the average cost? We jumped online and we did a really rudimentary like Google search. Like, and we're not talking like heavy duty, like, oh, and this is how much it costs. No, I I did a Google search Mm -hmm. to see how much on average this particular college would cost. Do you remember some of the numbers? She wrote them all down, but it was like, I think one college was like, on average, it was like 13,000 a semester. Another was 9,000 a semester. Another one, I think was like maybe 7,000 a semester. And that included tuition, books, room, uh, room and board, and transportation, and a couple other things. And and she she kind of was like, okay, it it kind of stressed her out a little bit because she's like seven thousand bucks a semester. That's like fourteen thousand a year times four years. Oh my gosh, I have to earn a lot more money. And and it's like, well, that's that's where scholarships come in. And that was a great opportunity yeah. to kind of to to segue into and to motivate her into getting the scholarships because the cheapest. Of her colleges that she's been accepted to, I think was seven grand a semester. So, and that wasn't so, even her first uh, well, choice. Well, yeah. And then I said to her, I said, "Well, you know, you can in the dorms, you could become an RA." And she's like, "What's an RA?" I said, "Well, the RA has to make sure everybody's keeping their apartments clean, their dorm rooms clean, and they do inspections." And she's like, "I do inspections every day." <laughs> I'm like, eh, "Yes, you do." And she's like, "I could do that. How often do you have to do it?" I think twice a semester. What? I can become an RA. And and well, you also, if there's like fights or problems between roommates, you'd have to solve them. I can do that. I practice that here at home. I I do that. Yeah. Anyway. And so, so instead of having to say, hey, Trixie, yeah, you know, can you try to cut costs by doing this? No, no. And she's interested in exploring options because it's her like, choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, I could do that. That could cut cut this huge cost out, and you know, I could get my housing for free if I did that. I, I'm where do I sign up? You know, and so it just it totally changes their attitude towards this. Where where it wasn't, it, it was like me doing her a favor by suggesting this. A, a, and she this was very option. receptive. Yeah, but also along those lines, though, when it comes to looking at options, there's a great resource. And this is new. This is new. I also read about this. This is the, <laughs> the U- Wall Street U- Journal. U.S. Department of Education has a fantastic tool, and it's called college scorecard. I think if you just Google college scorecard, it'll show up. And it's the the U.S. Department of Education. And they just added this in like a year and a half ago. And here's the thing. It's brand new. You can type in any school and see, they, they call it the scorecard, but you will see the graduation rate, the annual average cost of attending, and also the av- uh, the average salary upon graduation. And it, it's specific so you can see, oh, if I if I major in economics at this university, what will my income 
And it was of fascinating, the, Hannah, like, because... Like, what can I expect? Because we saw some of these very expensive schools, the kids graduating weren't making much more than somebody, or sometimes even less than these lesser well-known schools that were half the cost. So the salary didn't necessarily match the cost of attending the school, yet these kids are walking away from these high-end schools, supposedly high-end schools, with massive debt and no way to pay it back. Whereas with this new tool, you can kind of compare and go, wait a minute, I'm going to make 80000 out of school. If I go to this school, I'll make almost the same if I come out of this school, yet this school B here is half the cost of school A. I'm going to go to school B because <laughs> there's no sense in me going into that much debt or having to earn that much money just to get the same degree and make the same amount of money. So really cool. It's called College Scorecard, and it's by the U.S. Department of, of, of Education. Really cool. Yeah, and so that, that may change because sometimes, you know, kids grow up going, oh, I'm going to go to this school. It's the school my parents went to. You know what? If you're going to become the same thing your parents became, like you might not want to do that if you're paying for your own college. You might want to look at what it is you're going to be studying and what school is the most effective use of your money right. for that. Because it's not necessarily the most expensive school that gives you the best income and the best job prospects. Well, that leads right into number five, which is kids who have grown up using money pants are more in touch with their abilities and what they're interested in. And also, I guess I should say, what they're not interested in, what their abilities aren't. And so mom and dad may have been doctors or mom and dad may have been engineers or mom and dad may have been who knows what. And the kid goes, you know what? I am no good at math. I hate math. And I, turns out, I'm really good working with my hands or whatever it may be, or I'm really good with science. And all of a sudden it goes, mom and dad went to this school, but that's not going to be the school for me. And it really helps them make their, helps them with their decision-making process simply by going through the going through and learning what their superpowers are and developing those superpowers and that work ethic. Yeah. Well, and not only are they more familiar with their abilities, but they're also more comfortable making decisions because right. they've been making their own decisions within boundaries and comparing things and shopping since they were little. Oh, that, they, that you know, of shopping, and, and going, Hey, uh, which pair of shoes do I want? And, and, making their own decisions since they were little. And so shopping for a college is going to make a lot more sense to them. It's not going to be, be like, be oh, easier. I'll yeah. go there because that's where my parents went. No, they'll be, they'll know that they need to to compare and 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 do this shopping. And, the, and then they may actually come to the conclusion like we, like we started off with where they may go, you know what? University isn't for me, but vocational school is. Maybe, maybe that's what I need to do. Like, all of a sudden, when they're doing their shopping, they, they have a much better sense of, again, of reality and what their skill sets are and what they're trying to accomplish. And as a bonus, because they know how to work, it doesn't, in the end, it doesn't really matter because they're going to be successful no matter what they do. But the, all, but the flip side, or the, I guess. Yeah, the, whether they go to technical school or uh, a community college or, or a university, they're going to apply themselves and mm -hmm. work hard because like we have a, a friend at church who he went to the community college here 
and he's in charge of all the nurses at the hospital. Yeah. He community college. Yep. Very affordable, but excellent job. Lives in the nicest area in town mm-hmm. and his kids go to the best schools and he went to the community college. Yep. Because so, he knew, knows how to work hard. Yeah. Good work ethic. And the other thing is 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 when you when your kids are in touch with with their abilities and what they're interested it, they're much more, less likely to change majors multiple times too. That that indecision is a lot less likely to happen when they're at college, and thus they'll get they'll, they'll they'll get more out of their education and they'll get through the program faster too. Where they won't waste time switching majors over and over again. That, that, yeah, and time equals money yep, in, college. in college. So so that's a very very expensive mistake. And if they're paying for their own college, they're going to be keenly aware of. Of of oh, it cost me seven thousand dollars this semester, yeah. and I'm going to make the change. If they make a change like that, it's because they're very serious. Like something major happened, and they really realized that they needed to make the change. But they're not going to be going. Oh well, I want to try this or I want to try that. It's not going to be a willy- mom and dad's dime. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to be a willy nilly thing. So that's number five. Number six. Kids who use money pants are more likely to get job placement outside of college because, as we've said before, they're not scared to work. They're, they have that work ethic. They're actually going to be seeking out uh, employment opportunities and internships, and they're going to impress their future employees uh, employers with that strong work ethic and, and their well-rounded skills. They're going to impress their, their future employee, employees with their problem-solving skills. You know, we talk about, you know, the five steps of being a peacemaker where the the kids who grow up using money pants are going to be such an amazing asset to any future employer. They're going to be like, how do I how do I get this kid? Like they have so much that they 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 work hard, they have strong uh, work ethic, they've got good strong moral character, and they're really good at problem solving. They make good decisions and they know how to how to uh, resolve conflicts. Wow. This guy is great. yes, please come join our company or this girl is amazing. Please come join our company. You know, and I, I recently learned that when doing a job search, that companies talk about uh, the, these things called soft skills and then hard skills. I think I'm getting it right. But the idea is hard skills are things. Well, Hannah, you said it better, Hannah. I asked you, I was like, what do it's you think? It's like hard skills are more like technical skills. Do you know how to work this computer program? Right. Do you know how to, you know, do X, Y, and Z, like processes? Right. And, and they don't care so much that you have those skills as they as having people skills and ability more character traits which are the soft skills soft yeah. skills are things like like you said that people people skills do you are you able to communicate do you do a good job interpret with interpersonal relationships are you a team player like all that sort of stuff and it turns out companies do you have work ethic yeah do companies uh, are valuing these soft skills almost as much and sometimes more than the hard skills because they say that they can they can teach the hard skills it's the soft skills that they can't teach and so they're they're more concerned that you bring to the table all these soft skills these people skills these uh, interpersonal skills these and problem solving ethic. skills like, and work would, ethic and character would, if you saw this kid that was hard working willing to work and and this other person who, you know, oh, I have these abilities, but 
but maybe isn't a hard worker mm-hmm. and, and doesn't have a lot of character. You're like, I can teach this other guy the skills the skills and but the, I, the i'll be able skills, i'll be yeah. able to count on him and all and also he knows how to work through problems on his own and and has independence i don't ha- i'm not going to have to babysit him once he he knows these things i'd much rather hire this this character over here so company companies seem to be more interested in the soft skills than the hard skills because they can teach the hard skills they can teach somebody to use, like you said, use the computer program or the, the spreadsheet or the drill press or no, whatever. You know, yeah. they, they can teach those things. They're more interested in the character and, and what so, you bring to and the table. And that's, uh, that's something where if you've been using money pants, that's the whole point. You've been like <laughs> teaching your kid work ethic in all areas of their life. And so that's going to be huge. For for these kids, where you know it, it's going to give them, a, yeah. yeah, that's going to give them an advantage coming out of college, where hopefully their college won't have been a or, waste, of, or even during college, in between semesters, when you're doing these internships as well. Yeah. So that uh, so that leads to number seven, which is money pants. Kids grow up to be more well rounded, and because of that, they're more likely to get into the college of their choice. And they're also more likely to get scholarships because that they apply for because they've already been applying themselves in setting goals and achieving those goals. Did you yeah. Well, uh, we just, like I said, we've had kids applying for college and applying for college. And they're, the questions that they ask on these uh, college applications are they want to see that the kids are well-rounded. And and they have them write essays about hey what's uh, what, is, what is had. your the greatest achievement mm-hmm. you've ever had what goals have you achieved what have you overcome in your life what um, hard things have you faced and and overcome and you're like it's a 17 year old what yeah, experiences what do, they yeah. do they have and so if they've been doing money pants the chances are they have been setting their own own goals they have been achieving things they have been working on their relationships and their music and their and, and they'll have stuff to draw on from that and so and also they've been setting goals to do well academically and right. to to push themselves a little bit further in those areas on the on their own, and so they're going to have just like one of the. I had a child uh, being interviewed for UPenn, and the you know this Ivy League school, and so the interviewer said, "Hey, well, I wanted to know what they had spent their time on doing that summer. So, what did you do this summer?" And you know, for a high schooler, you'd be like, "Well, I watched TV." I was on my phone, you know, but if, if, if they're a money pants kid, they're like, oh, well, I got a job and I did this and I, you know, they, they, they're, they're active, they're going, they're doing things, they're, they're pursuing things with their time. Well, and I remember using my son, he was better. doing the SAT prep every week. My daughter, she was doing the, she was learning physics. Yeah. She went through a whole physics <laughs> textbook book and was teaching herself guitar and doing paintings and had a job at McDonald's and was just you know, it's it it's, it really changes. She filled her time with with worthwhile pursuits. Yeah, and you're like, well, that's not a big deal. But how many people do that? It, it, it is these little things that set you apart mm-hmm. when it comes down to it. So, as opposed uh, to, oh, I played video games all summer and watched fourteen series on Netflix. Like, oh wow, that's amazing. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, so you don't realize that till you're, you're applying for these colleges and they want to, we had a friend who their son had taken like a whole bunch of AP classes and, and had really pushed himself and had done academically, well, academically, but he hadn't done anything else. That was it. He was not well-rounded and the school of his choice, they're like, well, and he scored like a 34 or something on the ACT. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. And did, did really, or the, and then a really good score on the SAT and, and the college didn't want him because he was not well-rounded. He only had academic learning. He had no sports. He had no artistic abilities. He had no uh, inter, interpersonal, like sports, especially t- tell colleges that this person can work as a team and that's who they want. They want yeah. to see that you've been involved with a sport or or band or any sort of group activity. And he wasn't. He was all book learning. And they're like, yeah, you know what? We appreciate that you got a 4.5 GPA, but mm, you're not what we're looking for. And he got rejected. So you can see how money pants would actually help your kid get into college because they're setting goals, not just academic goals. They're setting well-rounded goals on a regular basis. And that's actually going to translate into getting accepted into the colleges they want, or at least increasing their chances. And that leads into our last point, which is uh, number eight, that when your teen is working, when they're in college, they're going to be a lot more successful because they they already have resumes and work experience under their belt. And I guess we've kind of hit this no, Point, well, but- yeah, I'll explain from my own personal experience. I did had a house cleaning business when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I would once a week clean two people's houses, and that's how I earned my my spending money. Okay. But I had never actually applied for a real job. I never worked at the grocery store packing, you know, grocery bags or worked at McDonald's or anything like that. And so when I was in college, trying to like facing this thing of I getting a job, I'm like, oh, I've never really had a job. Like I didn't have a resume. I didn't have something that I could, you know, say, oh yeah, I worked two years here. I worked a year here and and I worked three years here. You know, I I didn't have anything like that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I had my roommates though had, and I, I realized that they had a huge advantage over me in that they had resumes. They had proof that they were reliable workers. And so if they were applying for a job versus me, they they would get the job or they would get the higher paying position because they had more they experience had and they had a lot more confidence in that area because they kind of had an idea of how these things already worked. So, well, and I guess you bring up a good question too, or a good point, Hannah, you did work, but what about all the kids who don't like those kids who have never worked a day in their life and then go off to college and they need to get a job? Like, who would you rather hire if you were the hiring person? Would you rather hire the college student who's never worked before or a college student who's already worked fast food and mowed lawns and cleaned houses during the summer? Like which student or yeah, which student would you rather have working for you? Like mm-hmm. for in my mind, it's a no brainer. I'd rather have the kid who is already has work ethic and not somebody I'm going to have to train to learn worth it, work ethic. That, that goes back into that whole soft skills category of 
I'd rather have to worry about training somebody how to use a cash register over having to teach somebody how to work and how, and how right. to develop that, work that's ethic. just annoying to have to do that like that's annoying and like, so that's okay. one of the major okay <laughs> if money pants does nothing else it does teach kids to work and it gives them that work ethic and that is and you know kind of the side benefit is they learn to develop their superpowers but really the whole point is to give them that work ethic and that is a very employable attribute so, yeah. so I, I hope that as you've been listening to this today, maybe like your anxiety as a parent of going, gosh, how am I going to get my kids in college? How are we going to afford this? How are we going to motivate them? How are we going to motivate them? I hope, I hope this is like easing your mind and like maybe is an aha, like, wait a minute. It's not as hard as I thought. There's And maybe paying for it is not the best idea. Yeah, it, and and so I. I mean, hope I hope we communicate. I that. hope, I, but I also want you to trust me on this. But even if you could pay I've for it, I've seen this work. Even if you could pay for it, though, the money pants philosophy is you shouldn't. Even if you are independently wealthy, you're doing your kids a disservice by paying for college for them because you're robbing them of the opportunity to apply themselves and use all these things that they should be learning, like making decisions and and really applying themselves. Yeah, I, I, didn't you have like, um, it, didn't you see that like with your job where you were having to interview all those very wealthy individuals? Didn't you? But you know, I was, um, yeah. Didn't you have, wasn't there a girl who was complaining that... There was, a, there was an incredibly rich family. I mean, they had millions, and they gave their daughter everything, and they paid for everything, and they gave her the moon. And they had this one daughter. That was it. This incredibly wealthy couple had one daughter, and they they lavished her with everything. And part of the problem was the psychology behind this couple was that they didn't have anything growing up, and so they were going to really turn the tide, and they were going to give their daughter everything, and so they did. And so they had this one daughter, and they... They paid for her, her, like she crashed her car and they went and they bought her a new one, you know, they, and the daughter, she was angry that her parents rescued her all the time and would never let her suffer the consequences of her decisions. And she was angry about it and bitter that she had been robbed in her own words. She had been robbed of the opportunity to grow and develop. Isn't that interesting? You think as a parent, if I give my kids everything, I'm being a good parent. But no, it's not the correct principle. The correct principle is to give your kids some of those responsibilities. And by the time they leave home, we include college in that, where college should be their responsibility and they should pay for it themselves. That That's our, that's the money pants philosophy. So uh, th- those are kind of all of our thoughts though. Uh, just to recap, Hannah, I guess, where here that number one, don't pay for college. Let your kids know, hey, we're not paying for college. And watch the wheels turn and watch the, the kids go, okay, if that's the case, here are the things. And it'll really help your kids get motivated to make good decisions. That That's first. Number two, use money pants to teach your kids to save, shop, and spend. Because they will understand the economy of labor and how money works and how much money is worth. And 500 bucks When you've had to earn it to scrimp and to save and to mow lawns and do whatever, all of a sudden the kid goes, oh, wow, that 500 bucks equates 47 hours of mowing lawns and pounding the pavement and going to try to find work. And that all of a sudden everything, money makes a lot more sense and they're a lot more grounded. Number three, and this is the big one, have your kids apply for scholarships and pay them. You can pay them out of job jar. You can pay however you need to pay them. Pay your kids for 
applying for scholarships. And they'll be motivated if they know they're the ones paying for college. Number four. They'll actually appreciate you doing that. They'll be like, thank you. I needed that. (laughs) Number four, money pants kids who are using the money pants system and and buying their own things and paying for their own soccer cleats and and sports teams and, and books and all that. They want to know what things cost. And so when they are getting ready for college, they're going to be very uh, shall we say selective about how much how much the college is going to cost and room and board and all, and books and they're going to be buying their books used you know and they're going to be very aware of how much things cost and they're going to be a lot more a lot more careful. Number five, if you use money pants, your kids will be more in touch with the abilities that that they have, their superpowers, what they're interested in, and also what they're not interested, in, and they won't waste their time when they're in college perhaps uh, pursuing things that might be fun. No, they're going to be they're going to be all business. And they'll be like, "Hey, this is my major." And if they do have to change majors, it's going to be a very calculated decision. But in all likelihood, they're not going to be bouncing around from major to major and changing their major seven times and being in college for 9 years and not being a doctor. Number 6 was when you use money pants, the your kids will be much more likely to get job placement outside of college because they have that work ethic. And that's what employers want. They want that soft skill of work ethic and character. And that is a very employable attribute. Number seven, your kids will be more well-rounded. And they'll be more likely to get into the college of their choice. And they'll be able to answer all those questions on the applications of that the recruiters want from these colleges of, are you well-rounded? And how uh, we, we talked about the kid who wasn't and how he didn't get into the college of his choice because he didn't have that over that, that well-rounded character and resume of I'm a team player and I have these skills and I'm more than just book learning. And that's what colleges want. And number eight, if your kids do have to work for during college, which, you know, ideally they don't because they got all these scholarships, but if for whatever reason they still have to work during college, they're going to have a major advantage over the competition, their fellow students, because they know how to work. And that's what employers are going to want when, the, when, they're, when they're hiring people to, to work these college when they're hiring these college students to work in their shops and that's kind of it that's kind of a brief rundown of of our eight suggestions on how to avoid the college debt trap and to prepare your teens for going off to college and if you like what you hear in this podcast please tell your friends they may want to listen to and if you have a suggestion for a future podcast please go to our website under support and click contact us Send us an email and we'll get right on it. And that's it for today. Enjoy our mystery guest composition. We'll see you next time.
Me too! What is it?